0: Welcome to Off The Ledger. Presented by the MICPA. A conversation designed to help grow your leadership skills and take you further in the accounting profession. Our topic today is CPAs in industry. I'm Joe Colosi and our guest is Rebecca Stoutinger, CPA. Becky is the controller for FlavorSum. She works with the MICPA's Emerging Leaders Task Force and has served as the chair for the Corporate Finance Task Force. She's also on the board of trustees for the Michigan Accountancy Foundation. Additionally, she played competitive volleyball for almost 10 years. Welcome, Becky Stoutinger. How are you doing, Becky? Good. How are you, Joe? Good. Good to have you here today. Welcome to the show. Our topic today is CPAs in industry, and I'm going to just loft one out there to you real quick. How'd you end up as a CPA in industry?
1: (laughs) So I would actually say it starts with my mom. My mom is a CPA and she was a controller for a construction firm. So, from the time I was little, when she would be in the office back in the day, you were in the office. Right. Um, she would bring me in sometimes on the weekends and I would be the little kid running around with the calculator with the spinning paper on it and thought that was <laughs> awesome and would type numbers for hours to keep me entertained. So I definitely watched her a lot. It was back in the day when she, you know, had all the cool suits with the matching heels and she would go in every day and was that. Shoulder boss pads mom. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> of it. And she was that boss mom. So th- I would say that was my first exposure growing up and then as I you know was a little kid I had the little lemonade stand at the end of the driveway selling my fruits and veggies going to Kroger making sure I undercut their prices (laughs) Um, and then when it really I would say started kicking off was once I got in high school I went to Utica High in southeastern Michigan and uh, they had a four-year accounting program that I got into so started working in, yeah it was awesome yeah it was run by Tina Steele She was my lovely, awesome, amazing accounting teacher. So she started teaching us our debits and credits and different accounting assignments. And then my senior year, I actually got to be the accountant treasurer for the school store that we had on site. So we would sell bagels and pizza and stuff during lunch, and then I'd reconcile the money, do the deposit, you know, reconcile the book, and that was really like a good exposure. Also, did DECA my junior and senior year, so that um, with Dana Boyce, that gave me really, really good exposure to accounting as well. I actually made it to nationals for the accounting on that one. Oh, wow. Um, and then I knew going into college, I came into Oakland as a declared accounting major. So they okay. had this cool program called Business Scholars, which I got into due to my grades. And you got to declare day one what you wanted to be. So instead of having to do all your gen eds as a freshman, I got to start taking like accounting 101 as a freshman. So it definitely was like the youngest kid in the accounting classes there. Right, the right,
0: right. <laughs> I mean, that's then, great to come um, in declared already.
1: Yeah. So I kind of got to come in and make sure like I actually really liked it. Um, and I knew what I wanted to do. So I know a lot of times people are trying to figure out what they want to be in college. And I was pretty much declared ready to go, um, and started my program from there at Oakland. So, uh, that's kind of my story to get to college. I still remember I met with my you know career counselor when you start there, they're like, what do you want to be someday when you grow up? And I told her, I was like, I want to be a CFO. And Now circled back with her like 10 years later, she goes, you've been like one of the only students who have ever just flat (laughs) out said, this is what I want to (laughs) do. It's
0: an accurate prediction, right?
1: Yeah. And she laughed because she was like, I was like, oh, this girl's got some big goals. But, you know, it's like when you had that mind space of where you want to go, you're just like, okay, keep building that little foundation I need to get there. Um, So that's what kind of spiked me in accounting, uh, you know, watching my mom, watching, you know, just other awesome women that I've had mentor me throughout my career. And that's kind of what kicked it off.
0: Excellent. So not only did you know you wanted to get into accounting, not only did you know you wanted to get a CPA, you knew you specifically wanted to get into industry. It wasn't something, you know, that was a an intentional choice. It wasn't something you ended up in, right?
1: No, I really didn't. Like my mom obviously was in public accounting before she switched to be a controller. So I knew a little bit about it, but Um, I didn't know all the public accounting path until it was really, really pushed by OU's professors. So when you're kind of in the accounting program, that is the route they push, they push you to go get your internships in public accounting, get your full time offer. You know, I had an offer by the time I was a Sophomore. So, like, though my last three years of college, I was like, oh, I already got a pending full time offer with Plant Moran when I go to graduate. Um, This is great. I had three audit or two audit internships with them, two tax internships. Um, So, I was well seasoned before I even started there full time, which was really nice. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of the route that I think college really pushed more than I would say most people um, they really, really push you to start in public accounting. So.
0: Gotcha. So you did end up, you did, you did do a little time, right?
1: Yeah. So (laughs) I did. Yeah. Yes. So So for my sophomore year through my master's, I was a plant marine intern. So I did, I did, i'm trying to it's i feel old now joe was it two or three audit internships (laughs) and then i definitely went back and did seasonal tax work too during my master's program because it was just i was at the Auburn hills office and oakland was right down the road so it worked out great and then i started full-time with them and then worked three years with them made it to audit in charge and then that was really where i started to be like okay i really do want to go into industry um all my clients were manufacturing, and I, I love manufacturing. That was where I wanted to be. Um, I did have some school and governmental accounting clients. Didn't necessarily love that. Got good exposure to employee benefit plan auditing, which was great. I just didn't like the repetitiveness of it. Sure. Um, But every client I had, I always remember looking at their controller or CFO and being like, God, I want to be that person. And I knew, I knew me. (laughs) Right. I like being that person that is involved in the operations and learning what's going on. If I actually could go back, I'd probably go back and get probably a double major in operations and accounting now thinking about it. But I loved being on the floor. I loved investigating the audit problems that came up and figuring out what was going on in the business as a whole. I always asked every controller when I was in public accounting as that first year or second year, like, how did you get to where you are today and kind of learn from them? So That's what did they really, do to become a CFO? It's yeah. really
0: smart. Get it right for the horse's mouth, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. And the nice thing about it was people like to talk about their paths. So it was fun. Like they would tell me what they did. They would tell me, you know, give you advice. And it also built that relationship with my clients. So it was good on the public accounting side because you're building that relationship with them. But then also it gave me good insight. Okay. Like, okay, I need to try to do this. I need to keep building my foundation and X, Y, Z skills. So that way I can be a controller or I can be that CFO. And that was really, you know, just kind of something that I just kind of did from the time I started. Did, and it really did pay off and give me good guidance, I think, at least in growing my career.
0: But you knew the whole time you you needed to get the CPA, <clears throat> though, right? Rather, even if you were oh, yeah, yeah. in industry, that was the plan.
1: Yeah. And I will say my mom is obviously a CPA, so she hounded that fact in. Sure. I was also super involved in MICPA. Buck Dillon was my main mentor and Donna Free from Oakland as I was working through the Oakland's accounting program. And, um, yeah, I mean, I knew I needed to be a CPA. My mom's advice was always, no one can take that designation away from you. And there's so much that CPAs can do, you know, just, just get it done. And I, I still remember studying at home and coming out some days and being like, yeah, no, I, I, this is insanity. I'm not going to pass this exam. And my mom would be like, get back in there, keep studying. Like you're going to pass. And wow. I did. No, that's, <laughs> you know, that's
0: that being good for both of you guys. That's a, it's a tough yeah. sell when you know, you don't need it, but that it's going to help
1: but it will help. And I will say like now, especially being in industry, it's huge. I mean, like people are looking for that designation when you're interviewing for spots. I think there's a certain work ethic that goes into passing that exam that uh, gives you that drive, that gives you that knowledge base and not everybody can do it. You know, it's a hard exam to pass. And I think, you know, it takes dedication, like true dedication, to study and pass that exam. So, I, when I'm looking, even interviewing people nowadays, as I'm hiring for my team, I always interview the CPAs that come in. If I get one on my my table, I always will say yes, I want to see them, I want to talk to them. Um, it's a quick way to a get to the top of the list, right? It is, yeah, you know, and that's what I look to hire. I know there's a certain skill set that comes with passing that exam. <laughs> And I yeah, encourage sure. my team members to go get that CPA exam done too. So gotcha. Yeah.
0: Now you talked about, so you've had the best of both worlds. You've done the public accounting, you've done the, the industry. Uh, I have to imagine there's a ton of overlap uh, as far yes. as what it is. There's gotta be some differences. We don't need to get necessarily get into what the differences are, but what is the, uh, the, I guess the attraction to industry over, over the public accounting? Is it, is it just who you work with or how much you work with them? or? So
1: I think for me, Public accounting, and actually, when I mentoring, I still encourage my younger mentor mentees to go into public accounting, there is a certain skill set that you do gain, I would say your skills, your Excel skills, just the, the exposure to get to creating financial statements, how to really detail look into financial statements and truly understand what they're telling you, you get a really, really good training on that and CPE and the public accounting firms is second to none. Uh, They're always giving you the adequate training you need. You don't have to seek it out yourself. Like it is literally set up on a platter for you. Here you go, attend these trainings, get your CPE. And any of the emerging technologies coming through, the CPA firms are on top of it. So that is one thing I will say about the CPAs, the public accounting firm side of it. They are very on top of your training and making sure you have really, really good training and a skill set built. It's a very good foundation to have. On the flip side of that, I was also an internal auditor for American Axle, which is where I really started getting my exposure to operational type audits, where you're going in and reviewing operations. our companies, you know, operating to the policies that we have set? And that was very fascinating because your financial statements truly are the output of your operations and your production. So if you have issues on that production floor, if you're having issues in your operations, you're going to see the noise in your financial statements. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, as the accountant, you can fix it. No, really, you can't. You're reporting. You know, you're the end reporting out the numbers. Where you fix it is getting involved in the operations team and being that driving force on the floor. Like, hey, this is what we're seeing. This isn't right. There's something wrong. And investigating what's going on on the floor. And that's what I started seeing during my time in public accounting. And I'm like, God, I would love to be involved in those conversations. Like, how are they making these business decisions? How do they investigate some of this stuff? And that I got to do while I was an internal auditor, which was great. Um, I got to travel to like 28 facilities worldwide for American Access So I got to see the worst operations and the best operations um, and That's really great. report back to upper management on that. That was wonderful exposure, A, from being, I would say, a very young CPA coming in, 24, 25, and going to present to that C-level suite. I mean, you have presentation skills coming out of college, but that gets you really in shape really quick when you're presenting to that level of people. A little um, trial
0: by fire, right? You get to, little you get trial to learn by it fire, real quick. And
1: I, I think that is you know, a good piece of advice too. Like, don't be afraid. Like, You can do it. You have the skill set. But one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was if you don't know something, don't act like you do. Because there are smarter people in that room that are going to know if you're lying. That came from my inter- internal audit director at American Axle. You know, he goes, You're gonna go in there and present your findings from this audit. To people that have been on this on the Sea Level Suite board for 25 years, they know this company inside and out. Then you've been alive. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, if they ask you a question and you don't know, your response is going to be, "I don't know the answer right now, but I will find out for you and get right back to you." He goes Perfect. because the second you lie, you lose any form of trust or any form of confidence that they have in you. So that was a, a really great piece of advice that I still keep with me now. Like it's okay to not know everything. It's yeah, a good life. Awesome. that meeting, you better go find it out, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And next time, you know, you'll have it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a mistake or, you make and- exactly once. <laughs> You know, and he said, make sure you have, you know, that good network where you might not know the answer, but make sure you know the other smarter people in the room that you can call to find out that answer, which exactly. is another really great piece of career advice. You know, you might not have it at all in your, you know, back pocket, but know the people who you should call to get it.
0: So knowing that the overall plan was we're going into industry. Did you come across any obstacles? Was there things, or were there people that were saying, well, that's not, you can't do it that way. That's not how you started. Or that's a, I want to say that's a bad goal, but I mean, I'm sure there are definitely people out there that had opinions or, or obstacles you probably came across that just made it a little trickier than it needed to be. Do you want to talk any about those?
1: Yeah, I think when I actually put in my notice to leave public accounting, I think it did shock a lot of people because when I came in from college, I think they were like, your partner track looks worth. What the heck do you mean you're leaving? But I, uh, you know, and that was kind of my goal coming in. But then it was just like the more and more I saw those controllers, that was my passion. So, I mean, there's definitely obstacles you hit along the way. I was uh, very young. I worked in automotive, which is a very very highly male-dominated field, right? I was many times the only woman sitting at those tables, you know, doing those presentations to an all-male board, right? So, I mean, there were people that, Definitely. Sometimes when I was trying to move up the ladder, you know, especially I will say after I had my first baby, you know, there were comments made like, Oh, well, you know, you don't have the time or the capability right now. You have a young one at home. This isn't the right role for you. And it's like making decisions for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they would make the decision for me rather than giving me the opportunity to say, no, I can do this. Like I can figure out the methods that I need for my family and then also still have my career. Um, I won't say there's still not challenges with it, but I mean, I think it's always should be that person's decision to make rather than someone making your decisions for you. And that really does drive is driven by a company's culture. So I think it's important to look at that company's culture and understand if you're a good fit
0: for that culture. Yeah, I think that's terrific. And really cool to be able to overcome that and actually get there. You know, there's so many stories, I'm sure, that go the opposite way where somebody goes, yeah, you're right. This isn't for me or I can't do this or yeah. I shouldn't. Yeah. So having that mentality to almost feed off of the, I don't know, see negativity, but to be able to take it as a challenge rather than a threat, I think is a great mindset to have in that scenario.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, there's always challenges you're going to run into, right? I mean, there's a lot of times you might be the youngest person in the room and there's other people looking at you like, what is she doing in here, you know? Or- what does she know about operation? I will say one thing I may probably to a fault to some point, you know, especially being uh, sometimes a female CPA walking into those board meetings and stuff like that. I studied my butt off. I knew I, I learned operations when I got transferred to the plant in Three Rivers, Michigan. I didn't know how a plant ran. I didn't know how floor worked. I didn't know half the terms those engineers were throwing out but I had to learn it. And you, and know, you knew partner, you had to. And I knew I had to that first yeah. meeting. I never forget the first meeting I went to in the plant. They're like, oh, we, they were talking about like things like OEE and operating efficiency and, you know, cycle times and, you know, OTIP. And I'm like, what are these words? And yeah. so like Googling them afterward, you're like, that's not the right Google search. That's not what that's supposed to mean. And, <laughs> but <laughs> but luckily you use your network meet people on the floor that are kind and nice. And just, you have to ask dumb questions. Sometimes I remember leaving, you looking at me like, what did any of that mean? And luckily there's nice people out there that are willing to mentor you or willing to teach yeah. you if you're willing to put in the time. And I was not the accountant that sat at my desk. I put on my steel toes. I put on my little yellow jacket. I put on my hard hat and went out there on the floor to learn it because you're never going to be respected, I would say, especially in industry, you don't understand how the operations are actually working.
0: You need to know um, the there's industry nothing
1: worse. <laughs> yeah, you got to know your industry. <laughs> there's nothing worse than having that person in the, you know, that controller who is dictating all these policies, but has no idea how it works on the floor. One thing I learned as an internal auditor, especially, you know, when you're looking for fraud, when you're trying to find issues, the best person for you to talk to is that hourly employee that is on the floor doing the task every single day. Because if you, walk over and say, hey, what about your job isn't working, which is probably causing an issue in your financial statement somewhere, they're going to tell you because they yeah. want it to be fixed they want yeah. it to be better. Sometimes I think you get stuck in these upper level meetings where everyone's brainstorming and let's do a five. Why? And it's like, why don't we just go out on the floor and ask the <laughs> person who's doing it every day? You know the what? answer
0: is in the other room. Why are we speculating? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, just go, let's go talk to them. Like, let's just walk out there and ask them. We at like currently where I work, you know, there's some stuff going on in shipping. We got to get fixed. You know who I'm going to talk to on Monday? I'm going out there to go talk to the shipping guys. I'm having a quick 30 minute meeting with them and being like, tell me what's wrong. Cause then we can fix it. Is it a person that needs training? Is it a process that needs fixed? Or is it our technology isn't working? Isn't fulfilling what you need it to do? I think that is one important thing for all accountants to know. It's like, you got to know your clients inside and out to be a good auditor. And you have to know your industry inside and out to be a good controller, be a good CFO. If you don't know that, I, I just don't see how you can be the best that you can be for that
0: company. I couldn't agree more. One thing I want to touch on before we wrap it up is mentorship. You've touched on it a little bit as we've gone through here. You've been a, a mentee yourself, it sounds like, uh, under yep. under different different mentors. Just from what I know about you personally, that that's that's uh, something that you definitely give back in kind. So w- let's talk about mentorship, what it means to you to, to be a mentor now.
1: So I think that was one of the key things coming out of college. I had amazing mentors that now looking back on my career, I would have never gotten to where I am today without them. And I wanted to make sure I gave that back because it can be a little bit scary coming into the industry and not necessarily knowing what you want to do. And I have mentors from all over the board. I had mentors that helped me get into public accounting and that you know really mentored me on working my way up and how you know it would be to become a partner. And even though I'm still in the industry, I still talk to them all the time. I wanna know what they're doing right. just in case. I'm a CPA, you can go do whatever you want, right? Exactly. But I think it was, it's just key for me to give back. A lot of the mentees that I have, they just don't know the path. They're nervous, like what classes should I take? What classes actually help me in industry, which I still say in public accounting or in industry, the best class I ever took in my master's, it wasn't my auditing class. It was my advanced Excel class that made me basically like an Excel guru because every company I've gone to that is a skill I've been able to highlight And whenever someone can't get their spreadsheets to work or they need a spreadsheet to do this, you're the person they come to and that gets you more exposure to more people in your company, right? And it's just a skill set. So I like being there for them. I like being the ones that, you know, they're getting ready to go for that CPA exam. They're like, I'm super nervous, or they're studying and getting down a little bit about how hard it is. And it's like, no, just keep going. Like you can do this. You got this. And then seeing I love now like seeing them as they like get their first time offers or see them blossom in their careers and go off and start like I have one mentee who's now started her own like sewing company like how cool oh, is wow. that yeah but I just like seeing that is so cool on my end because like I hope I had a little bit of a part of that and gave them a little bit of light that they needed and help them figure out where they needed to go in their career it's not always just getting them a job right it's being that support right. there for them their cheerleader and giving them that little extra boost of confidence like you can do this like you got this go be a rock star and you know rock your interviews and I'm sure you're going to get that offer i've also been that person you know doing the mock interviews with them what will the questions be like sometimes send me pictures what suit should i wear you know
0: It's a full service uh, sort of thing, right?
1: Yeah, it is. And it's like those little things sometimes that they just might need that little, they might not have ever had anybody be professional in their family before. You know, like what suits do I buy? What shoes do I buy? Like I'm nervous about driving there and getting there on time. You know, I'm driving to downtown Detroit. I've never done that before. So just giving them that boost, helping be there for them. That's been like a real light for me.
0: So do you seek out uh, mentees yourself? Do you work with a, a group? Do you work with a college? Or is it just something?
1: Yeah, so when I, was at Oakland University so I was part of the business scholars program so for the longest time I mentored the students there until I moved to Kalamazoo now that I'm in Kalamazoo uh, for a while we were doing the virtual mentorship which was great I've also want to get more involved with Western University because it's in my backyard now so that way I can have more one-on-one face time with mentees but I've been able through COVID to do a lot of the virtual mentoring get on calls with them um, when the MICP reaches out sometimes that they have students that want to talk to somebody, I always jump on the calls with them or zooms on them and get to know Great. them and ask any questions that they have. So yeah, MAF's working to have more mentorship as well right. as part of the foundation. So um, I'm really looking forward to that too, to keep expanding just our different mentorship.
0: So for sure. So you've got no shortage of, uh, no. of mentees. <laughs> uh, we've uh, we touched on it a little bit already, but I always do as we as we wrap up here, I like to touch on uh, on this one specific question and so uh, I, you've mentioned a couple already. So I don't know if you want to pick one of those or if you'd like to come up with an altogether new one. But uh, what is something you wish someone had told you when you were first starting out? A, a bit of advice. We'll let you get one free uh, uh, mentorship out there to anybody listening. What's the one thing you would think, oh man, if somebody had just told me that, that would have really saved me some time, some money, some mental health, whatever it might be. I think the
1: biggest piece of advice would just to be, trust in your abilities and take that stretch assignment. So I was very fortunate. Sometimes I would have stretch assignments put on my, might be presented and I would be nervous to accept them. And luckily I had those mentors I could call. And they'd be like, Nope, you're going to take that. You're going to do that. And I was, I won't lie, terrified on some of the things that I was going to go do. And I hadn't had exposure to that before you're going in front of these super, super smart people that I need to present my results to. But really they were like, just have that confidence and believe in your abilities. And it's going to get you a lot further than you would ever think. And I see that with a lot of my mentees, you know, you have an excellent skill set coming out of college. If you, you know, you've had co-ops, all of you ups have likely had jobs. You have a valuable skill set for a company that they need and sell yourself. Like don't sell yourself short. When you go to that negotiation table, negotiate your salaries, negotiate your benefits, know your worth and really, you know, own that. And I've been very, very fortunate to have mentors that really taught me that. And I don't necessarily think that's a uh, something you really truly learn in college. I think it's more you kind of build that confidence in yourself as you work your way up the ladder. But luckily I had those mentors, mentees and mentors there that really pushed me to strive to be better and, you know, really fight for what I wanted. And that was really helpful.
0: That's terrific. I think they, I, I can not think of a better way to go out than, than know your worth and, <laughs> and, and, and say it out loud. Yeah. That is all for today's Off the Ledger. I am Joe Colosi. Our guest was Becky Stoutinger. Becky, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much. Um, say hi to everybody at the M S C P A for me. <laughs>